Hello and welcome to episode 38 of Magic and the Other Guy. And as usual, Kevin and I are sitting on the banks of Lake Wiley, actually on my porch on the banks of Lake Wiley in Charlotte, North Carolina, on a very sunny but rather too humid day for my liking, Kevin. It's a very summery day. It is a very summery and day. I think my evidence for the summery day is we have a boat jetting across the water, mm -hmm. and we have a family jumping off the dock across the lake. You can maybe hear them. There's a whole brood of them enjoying the, the water today. You know, we've seen or heard over the course of our episodes of Magic and the Other Guy, the lake in all its forms throughout the seasons. Wet days, sunny days, cold days, misty days, fog blowing over the water. Tranquil days. Tranquil days. Rough yeah. days. Very noisy wildlife days. I, I, cannot, I can see the kids over there jumping into the water, but I don't see one goose. I think the kids are the noisy wildlife. <laughs> That's right. But they're having a good time, they're I will say that. Yeah. They're enjoying summer. Yeah. And our philosophy, gentle listener, as you're I'm sure well aware by now is, we just press record and that's it as far as technical input is concerned. So whatever noises we get, that's what we get. Kevin, what is our subject for today's conversation? Well, I think it does relate highly to summer because it becomes a pretty uh, common focal point of many families during summer is amusement parks. Amusement parks? Amusement parks. Yes. All right. Well. We don't, we, I should say we, the English on the other side of the Atlantic, in comparison to the States, have once again, highlighting our difference of growing up, have almost no amusement parks, in comparison. Certainly the States is renowned throughout the world for its amusement parks. So start us off then, get, get us up and running with our amusement park stories. Well, I guess, I guess we'll start with the granddaddy of them all being Walt Disney World. Yeah. Um, and my first experience with it, it, I guess it would have to be my first amusement park experience. We went when I was five. Oh, yeah. And I think at that time, it had only been open maybe four years or right. something like that. So it's still a new entity. And, you know, when you go at five, you don't remember everything, but you remember, you know, some things. Sure. Um, one thing I do remember, and, and a lot of people that are older will remember this, and I'm not sure when they changed it, but back then... To ride the rides, you bought tickets, and there were different levels of tickets. Oh, okay. And you, I don't know if you ever heard the, the term something's an e-ticket. No. That is the top ride. One of the top rides at Disney World was an e-ticket. Oh, I think so, it was so even it more expensive in, or whatever, but it, it was one of the better. popularity then? So. Probably popularity or okay. how much thrill it was. Like, yeah. I don't know that they had Space Mountain in like. 1974, they might have. Okay. But okay. anything that was the, the highest end stuff was yes. an e-ticket. So it started off at A, B, C, I D, think E. So. Right. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Uh, I think so. I would. That would make sense. Uh, yes. Yeah, so the teacup tea rides, for want of a yeah, <laughs> just imagine which that, are still there. That would probably be an A or a B. Exactly. Oh, right. Okay. I'm that would be my guess. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And again, it's been. I've slept some many right. many moons since then. But uh, yes. I remember. Yeah. Of course, mom and dad. You know. There was the three of us, and we went down, and we spent X amount of days. I, mm. I don't recall that part. We do have pictures. I can easily document it in, in the photographs. Yeah. But uh, I'm not sure how many days. Maybe my sister would remember. I'd have to ask. She didn't go with us on that trip, but she may remember how long we were gone. Um, 
But I do remember my big ride was the Dumbo ride. Okay. That, you know, we kind of just, it was just flying Dumbos going in a circle. You know, when the rides took off, yeah. it, would, it would lift up in the air and take you around. And Whether or not I've seen that in reality or not, but I can see it in my mind's eye right now. I can see Dumbo going up and down. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that was my, my go-to ride. Yeah. And I think they had the race cars back then. Okay. It's, it's hard to recall that far, but we ended up. Uh, as you as you know, I moved to Central Florida around the time. Well, I moved there just after I turned 12. But we started going down visiting family, which kind of we talked touched on this before. Got me going that way. Yeah. So we would visit down there. So I remember going to it more then and, and doing Space Mountain for the first time. And and I, I think by then they'd already changed it to where you know your park admissions, your park admission, and you just ride whatever. Yes. And get in line. But um, yeah. And now, of course, again, and I'm no expert on Disney, but. I think the idea of, of different levels of access to the park has made a return, has it not? With different wristbands to be able to effectively cut the line. They call it fast passes. Fast passes, that's fast what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Which, I, we, we, went, we went to Disney, what is it now, been three to four years ago. Yeah. And we actually worked with someone who coordinates your whole you know, vacation and everything, and he was fantastic. And got everything lined up, and yeah. we had our we had our fast passes laid out for each day before we even got there. You know, on Wednesday at you know 2 p.m., you've got a fast pass onto the Snow White ride or whatever. Yeah. And we just knew we'd go through the park and do other things, but you know, around that time, you'd come up to the the thing and blip your armband against the thing, and he'd give you a green light. And then and you, you got and you go. You you got to go in this little line that was like way up ahead of everything else. And it's, it's a pretty good system. You know, we did a lot of things that way. And of course, you know, some things you just walk right on and then some have, some had lines that were, you know, yeah. two hours deep and there was no way I'm gonna stand in a two hour deep line for anything. No. And we went in the off season, we, this last trip. Uh, I'm not gonna go in the middle of the craziness. But, well, I have, uh, to, I, would, I have to say, I'm always so very impressed at how incredibly organized everything seems down in Disney's theme parks. I mean, yes, I know it's their business, and yes, they're dealing with it every day, but they really do seem to take notice and learn lessons week to week of how best to get that park to work as a park every day. Yeah. Have you ever been? I have, yes. In fact, the first, my first trip to the United States was to go to um, uh, Disney World or Disneyland down in Florida. I forget which it is. Disney World in Florida. Dis Disney World. Disney World. And... Um, my girlfriend, Jane, and I at the time uh, would be mid-1980s, I want to say mid to late, it was like 1987, I think. Um, we always wanted to make a trip to the States, but it was so expensive for us. And then somebody, I can't remember, it's an airline which no longer exists now, I can't remember the name of it, but it, they were offering very affordable package deals to get to the States, including hotel, rental car, and tickets to the theme park. Oh. And uh, we managed to do it, and I remember, so my first experience of being in the United States was in Florida for that, for that very reason. And it was, just a fa it was just a fabulous experience. It's very difficult to describe to you, for example, a chap that has lived in the United States all his life, just how stunningly different life in the United States is when you first see it for real having experienced it on the TV and movies. Yeah. I just remember being... You thought it was all Rockford Files and Kojak. I just remember <laughs> being... I was fascinated, absolutely fascinated by every aspect of it, to the degree that 
I remember, I remember we were walking, my girlfriend and I, we were walking down the sidewalk and I remember just stopping and looking at the grass and saying, Jane, just, just, are you fascinated by the, the grass here? <laughs> like, it just seems different. And she was the same, you know, yes, it does. Everything seems different. Awesome. The yeah. level of the service and all that. And then we're getting away from uh, theme park. Oh, we always do that. But yes, the, everything about it was just, just a, a fabulous experience, yeah. I mean, going to the theme parks in a way was just um, something extra for us. Just to be in, just to be in Florida was a fun thing for us. Yeah. Then, you know. But yeah, it was it was terrific. I enjoyed it very much. So at that time, did you? Did they? Have, of course, you went to Disney World, the Magic yeah. Kingdom. Um, yeah. Did they have Epcot up and uh, that was up and yeah, going by mid eighties? Epcot was up and so running. Went absolutely. There. We did that. Um, you mentioned Space Mountain that's earlier in, on. Yeah, that's in the Magic Kingdom. Yes, I remember going on there. And Big Thunder Mountain, maybe. Big Thunder Mountain, which that's, is the, that's which on is the other other side in Frontierland. Okay. Which is the ride, which is uh, basically blacked out when you're inside. Space Mountain. Space Mountain. That's the one. And I, I just, I was uh, taken with that. Loved it. Good. Good. Yes, it was a yeah. Yeah, that's, that's like a staple that. of. Yeah, of, of nothing like that in England. Nothing, nothing, nothing on that scale. It was the scale of everything. And again, my experience was just everything so well organized. Even back then in the mid '80s, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what? What's do they have amusement parks in England? Or are they more like maybe boardwalks at the shore or the closest well, thing? Well, yes, or? they exist. Um, they sure do. <laughs> no pun intended there. That was accidental. Uh, one of our great northern England holiday towns. We may have mentioned this before. Certainly we've talked about it off air, if not on air. Is a city or a town called Blackpool. Blackpool up in the north. And gentle listeners, if you've never been exposed to Blackpool, I'm going to guess the nearest equivalent would be the Jersey Shore uh, or Coney Island, that sort yep. of, you know, like working class families from the north of England would flock to Blackpool in the 1950s and 1960s. And I am sure it has hardly changed to this day. Blackpool Illuminations are an annual thing there where, as the name suggests, everything is draped in lights. There is the Blackpool Tower, which looks looks a little bit like the Eiffel Tower. Not quite as grand, but you can imagine. <laughs> you can imagine it. Everything you want is in Blackpool. You can imagine it, yes. It was a fun experience. But in terms of organized theme parks, and again, I'm rather out of touch what's been happening in England over the last 20 plus years, so things may have changed. Everything would have been on a much smaller, less impressive scale uh-huh. over, over, in, over in England, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's your other great... So, I mean, Disney is the one that everyone in the world seems to know. What other theme parks have you been to that you think, wow, that was actually really cool? Yeah, well, or uh, gro- not, well growing up, you know, it, of course, you know, like say you go down to Florida and stuff for, for trips and see a lot of things. We'll get back to that in a second. But, you know, I'm from Knoxville, and near Knoxville is Pigeon Forge in Gatlinburg, which is a tourist mecca. Yeah, okay. Um, and we actually had a, a uh, amusement park up there called Silver Dollar City. And you've probably never heard of that. But the new term you've definitely heard of, it's called Dollywood. That I've heard of. Back when it was, I in the 80s at some point, Dolly yeah. bought Silver Dollar City okay. and turned it into Dollywood. Oh, so those, okay. those, those listeners that have been to Dollywood, think of Dollywood on a much smaller scale. So you'd go up there and there'd be you know shows, there'd be a blacksmith shop, there'd be the, um, the eagle rescue, there'd be some eagles you know, in, in their perches. Um, they did have kind of a roller coaster ride, which may still be there. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of you're supposed to be going through a, a like a burning 
a burning mine or something like that. Oh, really? And but it, you'd kind of go through it, and every once in a while they would dip real fast and come back up. Yeah. So it wasn't like a full blown roller coaster the whole time, but it was kind of the most thrilling at the time. Yeah. Um, and they had the swings, the big chains that hang down and swung you around in the full yeah, seats and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, it was a good you know afternoon. Uh, you'd go up there and spend the day. Um, so now it's you know, much, much more grand as Dollywood, which yeah. I've been to, but it's been sometime in the 90s. And we, with having, you know, Samantha, our daughter, eight now, we'll probably get over there maybe within the year if, if things are going well to, yeah. to, to see it again. My, my family goes living there. And, the it is, and, and forgive me, you know, again, I'm learning every, every, every day is a learning experience for me in the United States. But Dollywood is actually incredibly popular, isn't it? I'm, Seems to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. You know, yeah, they certainly advertise great. here and you'd think it reaches pretty far out the... And of yeah. course, she you know talks about it in a lot of her talk show appearances and stuff like that. If it comes up, you know, or what she's doing and stuff. And Pigeon Forge, do they have a big car culture festival there once or twice a year? I have a yes, yeah, right. They, they, yeah. they do rod, run, rod, rod runs there. Oh, they, they do rod, rod runs. Oh yeah. Well, they'll have hot rods. Oh okay. Yeah. You know, usually it's it's you know the old like tea bucket hot rods or you know old American iron. Those type of, of yes. cars. The kind you'd have at the local cruise in at the drive-thru in your own town. Yes. But well, on a much bigger scale. That that would make sense because I heard, I heard, I, I was in negotiation a few years ago now to buy a 1968 Camaro off a couple of guys in South Carolina, not far away from here. Uh, and these two guys were working on the Camaro, finishing the Camaro, but they also said, we're, we're, we're flat out because we're trying to finish a couple of cars that we want to take to Pigeon Forge. And it was... I, I, Sort of, I have no idea what they were talking about at the yeah. time, but I asked them about it, and they said, "Oh, yeah, great festival, and you know we go there every year." So I'm guessing there's a lot more going on there than I was aware of. I'm sure they do a bunch of stuff. I've never been to Pigeon Forge for one. I've been going through maybe when one was happening, and it's yeah. just coincidence. And you just see all these grand, you know, American muscle and you know vintage cars, you know, all, almost always Americana. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. At these events and stuff, but Pigeon for people that haven't been there, Pigeon Forge is this long strip of. You know, two lane on one side, two lane on the other, and it's just shows and go kart tracks and mini golf, mm, and okay. uh, there are some museums. Like there was Elvis had a little small museum, or they had a they had a small museum for Elvis there, yeah. which may still be there. Yeah. Uh, there was a a police museum or law enforcement museum yeah, there. Okay. And the funny thing is, if you start on one end in Sevierville, which is where Dolly Parton is from, there's a little statue of her in the little town square there. Um, and you kind of work your way from there. It's, there's little shops and stuff like that, and you end up going through Pigeon Forge, but right when you get to the end, you're at the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, and all that stuff just stops. And all of a sudden, it's trees and wildlife. <laughs> but what you're doing is you yeah. wind your, as you wind your way up, I can't remember how long it takes because I've been in there a little while, but then you end up in Gatlinburg, which is a little town up in the mountains. Right. And it's more of the same. It's but it's so compact. It's almost like a little European city, little town. Um, yeah. It's t-shirt shops and it's arcades and, oh, and so fudge from, shops, candy ma- taffy making, uh, caramel apples, yeah. uh, stuff like that. And there are museums up there and restaurants. And it has grown quite a bit. And I I would probably be shocked because I haven't been there in a long long time. But it will be fun to get there up there and see what's there now. Yes, I'm trying to. I, I, I'm trying to envision the things you're describing, and my nearest example of that would be Blowing Rock, which is not far from here, up the 321, 
Uh, it's about an hour, an hour and a half's run from here, and you'd be up on the Blue Ridge Parkway. Uh, and Blowing Rock up there has has that kind of thing. It has candy stores and that sort of thing along the street. But when I first went to Blowing Rock, I would say now, the first time I ever visited there, uh, maybe 10, 12 years ago, it was relatively a quite little sleepy town. Not much bigger than a village, quite frankly. Uh, but the last time I was there, which was only a month or so ago, it was absolutely packed. Midweek, this was. As well, wow. Like Wednesday. Couldn't park anywhere. And it, it was just flooded with folks, you know. As Charlotte has grown, with all, with all the influx of new folks moving into Charlotte, of course, I guess everything is slowly filtering out. And it's such a beautiful spot that uh, up in the hills, I mean, I love it. And one of the great attractions, gentle listener, for those that are not from the Charlotte area, one of the great attractions of Blowing Rock and up around the Blue Ridge Parkway um, in the in the middle of the summer is it is significantly cooler, of course. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, so that, that, is a, that is a great respite <laughs> yeah. from, from this <laughs> valley of humidity down yeah. here. Yeah. And I notice when I'm driving up there, I, I, I watch the temperature, the thermometer, uh, you know, the exterior temperature driving up, and you... You can definitely, as you're driving up towards Blind Rock up in the hills, you can definitely see it drop by a good 10 degrees. And then when you come in down, it, boy, it soon picks back up again. Yep, so yep. that is definitely the We definitely lose, lose some population on the weekends heading that way. <laughs> yeah. And regain them on Monday or something. Yes, such. I must admit, I am very attracted to the, to the mountains up there. Just beautiful, spectacular views. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's very, a great very, part of the country. Very attractive. I think a log cabin up there would be wonderful. A few years ago, before I finally brought this place here on Lake Wiley. I was thinking about oh, maybe a move up into the Blue Ridge Parkway would be a terrific thing. But the thing that, the only thing that put me off really was, I didn't know where the nearest cinema was. And I thought, oh, I've got to be near a cinema. I love cinema so much, I've got to be near a cinema. That would mean probably driving all the way down from, you know, an hour and a half from up in um, Hickory or Boone or uh, on the parkway back down to Charlotte to go to the cinema. So I, I gave up on that idea. But in retrospect, I wonder if that was a, such a sound, sound notion, but yeah. anyway, there it is. Well, getting back to you know the the par- different parks and stuff yes, like yes, that, yes. it's you know being being Central Florida is such a you know tourist destination that when we started going down uh, for our visits with family, you know when, you know I was under ten years old or getting close to it though. Yeah, um, we would you know go visit the ones down there, and uh, one of them was Silver Springs. Okay, and. Here's where you'll know Silver Springs from. Okay. Silver Springs is where they filmed the creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, so, no kidding! Yeah, all those water scenes and everything. Yeah, it's that's where that was filmed. In fact, it became a very popular place for Hollywood to do because it was crystal clear water. Yeah, so they could get underwater and film and such like that. And so that's the most famous. Um, and they were known the the park was known for their glass bottom boats. Okay. And you would you would spend time in the park, and I forgot what else you kind of looked at while you were there. They probably had like you know peacocks roaming the grounds yeah, and beautiful. such. But you'd, you'd schedule your time or buy a ticket, and you get on these glass bottom boats, and they would take you out with maybe I don't know maybe thirty people in each one. Yeah. And you'd sit on these little benches around the perimeter in this big glass screen, essentially. You'd look down on, and they'd take you around and show you different parts of it, and go, "Oh, this is where this was filmed," and I remember at that time, this was the late 70s, they had a, looked like a part of a, like a Polaris missile or a uh, part of a Saturn rocket 
up down down there. There's a model of one that maybe yeah. was five feet long, and they said, "No, that's down there because they were filming a scene from the Six Million Dollar Man." I'm like, okay, no, wow, I never knew that. that yeah, so exciting. And there was a uh, there was a commercial a commercial in the late '70s for uh, I'm pretty sure it was turtle wax. Yeah. And they waxed a Maverick, a Ford Maverick. Okay. And then they dropped it in the water for X amount of time to show how well turtle wax held up. So that Maverick was sitting there on the bottom for for however long. You know, I'd have to look it up. Maybe, maybe heck, we can probably find the commercial on YouTube as we can find everything. Yeah. But uh, so there's a lot of stuff around there. We'll probably find the episode of the Six Million Dollar Man with maybe, a, with a missile, maybe. stroke missile in it. Yeah. So, so that was one of those, and it's still there. I mean, Silver Springs is still there. I just don't know what they do there. I haven't looked it up in, in years. Yeah. They actually had an attached water park called Wild Waters that was, the, you know, the flumes and stuff. You'd slide down and stuff like that. But. Now, I, now, this is not really anything to do with theme parks. And we may have spoken about this before, but certainly not to our, our listeners. Um, and gentle listener, you may know that um, I've picked up on the fact that I'm quite a Hemingway fan. And have been for for many years. Anyway, my my Florida Hemingway story. I was driving down in Florida to Key West, where Hemingway stayed for many years. Had a wonderful house down there. The house is now a great museum and uh, uh, all of that. Anyway, I was driving down to Key West and I stayed just off the Keys one night at a not very fancy hotel but it was very you know it's very pleasant very comfortable and I was having a, uh, a beer at the little tiki bar attached to the hotel and the server at the tiki bar we got into a conversation and the conversation was hey well uh, I recognize the English accent what brings you to Florida what are you doing blah blah and I said I'm just driving down to Key West gonna spend a couple of days down to Key West visit Hemingway's house the server behind the bar said if you're a Hemingway fan you need to go to I think it was a Bass Pro Shop that was about three miles down the road. Okay. So to drive, you know, there's only one, basically one main road, right? I can't think what it's called, whether it's Highway 95. 95, which I went driving down there towards the Keys. Um, and uh, the server said, go down there, you'll see a, a Bass Pro Shop on the right hand side. It's a really big building, you can't miss it. Go in there, and if you're a Hemingway fan, you'll, you'll see it instantly. You'll know why I've sent you there. I've got to do this. This is too exciting not to do. So sure enough, I'm driving down the next morning. There's the Bass Pro Shop. I park the car, go inside, and unbelievably, I mean, right in the middle was a replica of Hemingway's Pilar fishing boat. Yeah, I was. I was. When, I, when you said there's going to be something in yeah. there, I was like, "What is?" And I know there couldn't be the real one because it's that's, still down in the in key. Cuba. It's in Cuba. In Cuba. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, seemingly this was. Uh, forgive my lack of terminology for naval connotations, it was the sister ship, the sister boat of Pilar, built by, I think it was the Wheeler Boat Company who were up in either New York or New Jersey, and with using the same plans that Hemingway's boat was made from, they made a, a sister ship, a sister boat, and uh, it was just unbelievable just to see it there on display in the shop. Was, was, it, was it made back in the same era or was it believe, many, no, many decades I, later? No, I believe it was pretty much of the same same era. Okay. Uh, and for those familiar with the Pilar, Pilar's, the Pilar boat, Hemingway's fishing boat, it wasn't really a custom-made fishing boat just for Hemingway. 
it was Hemingway ordered his boat from the Wheeler Boat Company. It was called something awful, like the, the, the Playboy 21 foot or whatever it was. And Hemingway said, well, I really like the idea of this boat, but we need it to be modified for what I need it for. And so uh, more, more cold storage facility effectively was put into the boat and one or two other changes were made. I think he, I think he dropped the height of the transom down at the rear so that he could haul Marlin over the transom and get them into the boat easier. But I don't think the boat was really built for Gulf Sea fishing, but that's what Hemingway wanted it for. And so they, at the time, I think it was, this was fairly standard that boats could be modified. Probably still is, I'm sure, if you want to pay for it, you can have anything going. Um, that the boat was modified. But yes, so there was the sister to Pilar uh, on display in this Bass Pro Shop down in Florida. And I'm absolutely sure it's still there. I wish I could tell you exactly where it is, but again, I'm sure if we looked it up online, there would be the, the details of it. But for me, driving down to Key West, for a Hemingway experience to see this ship was a fabulous thing, you know? And if, it just goes to show if I hadn't have just decided that night, okay, I've had enough of driving, time to stop, my eyes are getting tired, I'll stay at this little hotel, and at the side of the hotel was that little tiki bar, I would never have thought of stopping at that. Yeah, to this Bass day, you never was known it was there. Yeah, you would never have known it was there, yeah. I tell you, Florida is so chock full of those type of things, and, and you know, some of them kind of you know, go back. People think of the gold, the golden era, I guess, of the old highway driving, all the roadside attractions yeah. and everything. That Gatorland are, is Gatorland. one. Of yeah, that's why. Why was that in my head at the same exact moment? <laughs> wow, well, you you said it was a sort of golden years, and that just I never never had had been to it, but I've seen it in brochures for many many years. Yeah, but and you wonder what's you know still there. I remember back back then there was a place called Wikiwachi. And you'd go, I don't know that we went. <laughs> I've not heard of that one. But what their big thing was you'd go, I guess, kind of in this stadium or whatever, and they had this giant wall of, and where you could see the tank, and they were known for their mermaids. Oh, okay. And the mermaids would be under the water. Yes. And I think they did this whole production show that lasted a good long time, and they stayed underwater the whole time. I think what they had was tubed regulators nearby. Oh. And during their performance, they would just, you know, while your attention maybe was on these two, the other mermaid may come over and, and get her breath yeah, yeah, and yeah, come yeah. back. But they stayed, I guess that yeah. was the, tr the trick of it all. They stayed under the water as mermaids during the whole performance. And I'm sure the you know park and whatever you paid to come see had other things to do while you were yeah. there. But, uh, Gosh, I can see that now, I'm trying to plan. So you could kind of imagine the performers diving into the water and whether or not there were hidden Tank somewhere behind a rock, or I think they did. yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. kind of a cool. I'm thing not, not completely sure, but yeah, I think that's yeah. what I remember from of knowing about it. But I don't think we ever went to that one. I know my parents did, but maybe before I came along. So, and the other one we would go to was uh, Cypress Gardens. I remember the name when I from my first trip to Florida, Cypress Gardens. I do remember that. And name. I couldn't even tell you where. I probably Central Florida is where it is, or around maybe Tampa-ish, yeah. something like that. But they were known for the ski show. Because you'd get to the stadium and, and watch this amazing ski show. Yes, uh, that was done with the you know people up on the triangle of nine people all stacked, or they'd come through and doing tricks and stuff like that. In That's fact, so I mean, growing cool. up at the lake house, the skis we had were Cypress Gardens. Oh, were they skis? Yeah, the old wooden ones. Yeah. you know, but had the, the logo on them, and and I can't remember what else much you could do there. You could all these places there was probably a little ice cream stand. And there was a hot dog. Stand. Yeah, there was all kinds of that, but. Cypress Gardens, uh, went, they had women walking around in the, the big bell hoop skirt outfits you know, yes. with the parasols, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and they would just kind of sit on the, on the lawn and people would take pictures. And 
all this kind of stuff. That was a little geared toward more, more toward my parents. I mean, I enjoy the ski show, but beyond that, a more much. tranquil experience. But I mean, great. If there's one thing, I mean, America does so many things so very, very well. But if there's one thing America really excels at, I think when you look on, you look to the states from Europe is shows and show business. You guys just always had it sort of nailed, you know, for, for decades. Everything seems to work, and everything seems to work like clockwork most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. I say most of the time. I was suddenly thinking I went to see uh, uh, the Beatles' love show in, um, in Vegas, uh, and I was, I was so thrilled with it the first night. I don't know what I was doing in Vegas, but I happened to be there for a couple of days. I must have been going to a, anyway, it doesn't matter, a car auction or something. The business took me there. And uh, so one night I thought, oh, I must go and see this, the Beatles love show, Beatles fan and all that. And it was, it was fun and I enjoyed it very much. That was, that was in the round experience, you know. And I thought, I'll go the next night. Sure, I've got nothing else to do. And I'm not a gambler, so the gambling side of Vegas doesn't appeal to me at all. So I went again, and I think we got halfway through the show, and there was some technical breakdown of the show. And the lights all came on, and we kind of sat there for 45 minutes until this hydraulic issue was sorted. And then off we go again, back wow. to the show. Yeah. Um, anyway, it was yeah, I've never been. Experience. I'm, I, I, we could probably talk two hours on Vegas if we'd both been there to compare notes. But, uh, yeah, I've never made it out there. Yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I like going to Vegas, but again, uh, I couldn't do it often. It, to me, it's a bit like visiting New York. I enjoy visiting New York, but don't ask me to stay there longer than three days because it's just too much for me. Yeah. You know, I enjoy it, but I need to get away after three days. And Vegas is kind of the same. It's tremendous. F I, I, I enjoy the kind of make-believe world of all the casinos and love people watching and there's something very special about Vegas uh, but it isn't a gambling for me uh, but after three days I've had enough you know there's time it's time it's time to go the one thing I it just drives me up the wall at Vegas but I understand it's just how it's done is when you whichever hotel you seem to check in if you're on the strip so it's one of the big well-known casino hotels you have to walk through all the gaming room to get to the elevator to go up to your room. Which the first time- If you, you believe do, it or not, that's planned. <laughs> I understand. I, but, I don't want to burst the bubble here, but they, I, they actually planned it that way. I understand that. But the first time you do it, or I do it, I can't speak for everybody else, I'm okay with it. But the 16th time you do it, I've kind of had enough of it. You've had enough cha-ching, 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 clang, 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 clang. Oh, that and just remembering where the elevators are, because everything's so vast. It's, now, should I have turned left at the roulette wheel, or should I have turned right? And Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. But anyway, that's a, another story for another day, but... Well, I believe one of, the, one of the destinations I think you've got on your list is I think you want to go down to Universal and see the Harry Potter world, don't you? Yes, I would like to see that. I would, absolutely. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good park down there. That's you know the Universal Studios park, and that's we we did that a couple of times. Well, I've been a, a few times now since we lived there as adults when we we're, we're down in Florida. Right. And the ride, it's got those high speed rides and stuff like that. That's really good. I mean, the Hulk is is one of the best steel coasters. I think they still ranks. I know one time it was ranked. I think number one steel coaster in the country, and probably balances out with some of the new ones that are coming out. But it's yeah. really good. I tell you what, I would really, I don't think this exists, and, and gentle listener, please do tell us if I'm completely wrong here. But I would be fascinated just to see more the sets of great movies. Now, you can say, well, you know, you, you went to the movie studios, they do that for you. But I was thinking that sort of in Florida, rather than rides based around Harry Potter, for example, 
which the rides don't really appeal to me. I guess I'm just getting too old and long in the tooth for that. But to see some of the original sets rebuilt would be spectacular. Now, I know that exhibit exists over in England, that the movie studios are used in England. Um, but with America being, we just talked about it, with America being so good at shows and show business and recreating, can you imagine visiting Hogwarts in its entirety? So you'd walk through the main building and there would be everything, you'd see the main hallway and everything would be off to the left, up the stairs or to the right in the dining hall. And I mean, it'd be a big construction, but to, that would be fabulous. That oh, yeah. I would love to see, right? I don't know what they, you know, as far as it being you know, Universal Studios down there, I'm not sure what they have as far as that goes. It seems like when we went there, oh gosh, probably close to 30 years ago, we took a tour that took you on a back lot and there was like the, the dog cafe that was in the, the uh, Rocketeer was back there. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, um, okay. I think, seems like, I want to say we went down a street that was some, maybe as a reproduction of the type of house they used in Leave it to Beaver or something like that. Obviously, it couldn't have been the real one because that was probably in California. Um, but I remember seeing some things backlot tour kind of thing. Yeah, that, um, I mean, I like all that. I, I mean, I love all of that to see the sets. But I, I think to go beyond seeing the sets, because if you look at a, if you look at a movie set, it only works where the camera has been locked off in terms of the shot. Yeah. But one inch to the left, of course, it's just bare walling or it's scaffolding. Or, yep. But I think to recreate an entire building as it was intended to be in CGI, for example, would be a tremendous thing. Can you imagine if you could recreate the Jedi Temple on Coruscant? for example, from Star Wars, as it was intended to be in CGI, but make the whole thing so you could walk into that wonderful library. Yeah. They and have. they Just may have. This. They have that whole new uh, uh, Star Wars experience at uh, the Disney Park, uh, Studios yeah. Park. Yes, Gal that, Galaxy's Edge, I want to say. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Which, that was under construction when we were there. So when we go back, that's going to be a top... Yes. Top... Uh, yeah, so probably, right away. Yeah. probably, I mean, we may be wrong. Here we are suggesting what should be done, but it probably already is. It's just, just get in the car and go down and look at it. It may be, it may be. <laughs> yeah, so that's right. My wife wants to go to the, see the Harry Potter thing, and I do too. I, th I think it'd be nice. And I think it's one of the corner, I, I'm guessing since we used to go to Universal, the corner that I think they put it in, there used to be a roller coaster there called Dueling Dragons, and I think they retained that as part of the Harry Potter world and renamed it or oh, yeah. maybe did the aesthetics on it differently but it was always a good coaster yes so hopefully it is still the same same ride because i liked it my my concern and, and again i'm sure these theme parks know what they're doing in terms of their business who am i to tell these incredibly successful corporations where they're going wrong i'm not suggesting they'll go wrong but my concern is you've just hit on hit, hit on it there really kevin is how long do these attractions stay current to the next generation it's true you know even if you look at the very basics of disney world disneyland it's mickey mouse minnie mouse goofy and all the wonderful disney characters are the kids aware of are they watching who do they know who goofy is for example i bet the answer is no Many well, would say, oh, I don't know who these characters are any longer. They still keep it pretty rotate because they've done these newer cartoons that are kind of edgy on the Disney Channel that okay. I see my daughter watching. Right. And they've actually just come out with a new ride at Disney. I think it's in the Magic Kingdom. It might be in the studio. Anyway, somewhere down there, they've come out with this based, based on those kind of edgier cartoons. You go on a wild ride with Mickey and Minnie through something. 
Yes. Um, I think a lot of it's, you, know, you see it, it's visual rather than actually action of you being moved through it. Yeah. But, uh, so so our, our Mickey, let's take the, the, the character, Mickey Mouse. Is Mickey Mouse still a still a thing on on the Disney Channel? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's and the there's for yeah. the younger kids. There's uh, what is it? Mickey's Play or oh, Mickey Mouse Club Playhouse or something. Like, I can't remember the name of it. I'm getting yeah. it wrong. But uh, he still kind of stays relevant. He's still there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. See, that that would be the thing for me. It's the next generation of kids come along, but they're only a generation of kids coming along for ten years. Yeah. Less than that. And then they're gone doing their teenage things, yeah. and we have to rely on the next generation of young kids coming along, having to remember who the Harry, you know, who is Harry Potter, who is wh whatever it would be. You know, I think that must be a challenge for 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 the parks to remain continually current. Yeah, I do know Universal is a prime example. Uh, they've changed a lot of them because some of them did get kind of old. I think they, I don't think think the Back to the Future ride is still there. Uh, it was one of those where you kind of sit and the seats move and you go through a... You're seeing more of a movie. Okay. It feels like you're moving through yeah. it. They used to have that and an E.T. ride. I think those are both gone. There was a Terminator 2 type thing. Uh, I think it's gone. Yeah. And there there was one that I didn't, didn't really care for. It was King Kong, but it was like... I forgot what it was actually called. But I think they turned that whole building and ride into the mummy. Something oh, like that okay. related right, to right. the yeah. Brendan Fraser, but that's kind yes. of, that's been a while. Um, yeah, so poor Brendan Brendan Fraser seems to have dropped out of seems to have just disappeared completely. Yeah, Maybe there's a story much. there I'm not aware of, but I haven't seen anything to do with Brendan Fraser since the Mummy movies, and that was it. Then disappeared and gone, seemingly. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. But they they seem to be always at that park, especially kind of ebbing and flowing their ideas yeah. uh, of new things and they have to uh, they used to have a twister ride I don't I don't think that well kind of an experience but I don't know if that's still there I yeah. guess we'll find out when we get down there one well, of these days with uh, the family I think we're, we, well, we're, we, we need to wrap this episode up but I'm going to ask you one question before we, we do finally wrap up yeah uh, and I just said earlier on I, I, I would be thrilled to be able to explore a recreation of, of how um, J.K. Rowling imagined Hogwarts, uh, uh, you know, one-to-one, -one, full-scale, I think would be really cool. If you could visit one movie set, what would you like to go, if we, if we had, if we won the lottery tomorrow, it would have to be a big lottery win to be able to do it, but if we could do this and we could create film sets, which film set would you love to go and explore, open the door and walk inside? Oh gosh, that's on the spot question. Yeah, well, um, you know. Yeah, the world. You do it to me every week. What are you talking about? Every episode's like that. Yeah, the world of Hogwarts. <laughs> I, I do enjoy the movie, so that would be a fascinating one. Uh, you know, there's probably lots from the Star Wars universe that we talked about. Yeah, I think the Star the Star Wars world. Well, there's so many wonderful sets you can imagine from Star Wars. I would like. I mean, it seems odd, but I would like to see. Other than you know, I was thinking the other day, I was friend of mine was talking to me about the rollerball roller the original James Caan rollerball movie we may have chatted about this before and uh, I remember many years ago watching a documentary about the making of rollerball gentle listen if, you, if you're unaware of rollerball it was kind of a futuristic rather violent game played it was kind of a combination between um, roller derby and American football it, it was an odd science fiction movie but 
the arena where the movie was set, and it has to be the original James Caan movie, the, the remake that happened a few years ago was, in my opinion, thoroughly ghastly, but the original, the original movie. To recreate the arena where the rollerball game was played, I think that would be just an amazing thing to see. Of course, they had to, they had to make the whole thing to make it believable for the movie. And I remember there was a documentary about the movie and several of the actors were saying, you know, we were, we were told to skate round and get into formation as if we were playing this game. And we started to sort of imagine what it would be like. Where, how would you create a set of rules to make this game work? You know, and I thought, that's actually quite fascinating. You know, it would be interesting to see how they do that. So I'd love to see a re recreation of the rollerball arena. I just think that would be a wonderful thing to see. Well, we better go, and we're at 47 minutes. Um, gentle listener, I hope you enjoyed that. Join us again for another episode of Magic and the Other Guy. Bye for now. We'll see you soon. We will. Yeah, actually, I think that...